Hello, everybody, and welcome to the MonsterCast. I'm your host, Jack Dahl Jr., and I am joined, of course, by my brother, Ryan, and we are here today for, literally, the year-end awards for wrestling. Now, the thing I don't like about most wrestling award shows is that they happen two, three weeks before the year's out, and we literally waited till the very end of the year to do ours, which makes a lot more sense. You never know what could have happened. Um... Since NXT had a what NXT had a tape show, right? NXT Raw and SmackDown were all taped. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. And then of course AEW did not have a show this week, so they had no Dark or Dynamite. And NWA, I believe, aired their taping a day early or something like that. I believe on Tuesday, Monday. They aired it on Monday because it's usually on Tuesday because I watched that. But I mean, not enough for me to do a top five, so I'm not doing a top five matches this week. But we do yeah. have a lot of news that's gone on in the last week. Um, I'm just going to hit the more main ones, of course. We'll talk about it a little bit, and then we'll get into our um, award show. we got 15 awards to hand out. It's going to be fun. But before I get into that, I just want you to know that I did go back and watch the um, uh, Broken Skull sessions. I watched the Undertaker and Goldberg one back-to-back. Mm. Um, I will say that I am not the only one that doesn't know how to end a show. Stone Cold Steve Austin also does not know how to end a show, so I don't feel as bad now. Well, uh, what did you uh, what did you think of the Goldberg one? Because I I thought he just came off kind of dick, like a yeah dick. yeah same same. I think he was trying to put himself over as a good guy a lot, and I didn't I wasn't falling for yeah, it. Yeah, I uh, I like the Undertaker one though. Yeah, the Undertaker I, one was cool. Um, Christina. <laughs> I started, and Christina was doing something in the kitchen or something. When she comes out, and Undertaker starts talking, and she was like, she just stops and stares at the TV, and she's like, that's fucking weird. Yeah, right? Yeah. No, it, it is. And uh, I remember thinking the same thing the one time I saw him in an out-of-character interview on ESPN or whatever the fuck it was, like, super long time ago. He's a... Uh, well, he was on College Game Day not that long ago. I think it was this year when the uh, Longhorns, they were, you know the, how they do the mascot head thing with Lee Corso? On College Game Day, like, uh, Saturday mornings. Well, he was on that show this year. He was one of their special guest pickers for the Texas Longhorn game, and he was up there. But I just feel like this one was a little bit – because I guess because he was talking about wrestling and not football. Right. You know, I don't know. It was just – it just it was super weird to me. Yeah, I forget what the uh, what the other one was. It was, was ex- definitely some like, some, like, ESPN show or some shit. I was expecting – it might have been the Ric Flair documentary, no? Was he on nah, that? dude. Okay. It was on like a. I swear it was on like a sports show. Hold on, I'll find it. Oh, well, that is a sports show. Thirty for thirty. No, off the record. Oh, okay. Off the record. Got you. Um, I was expecting the uh, suburban commando voice. Yeah, I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it though. All right. Um. Okay. So stiff shots. Um. Lars Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and just start it off with this guy, Lars Sullivan. Mm. Speaking of stiff shots, stiff Lars, shots. Lars Sullivan has been found on Pornhub, magically, as Mitch in a gay for pay video. I cannot um, believe that Dean Ambrose named his plant after Lars Sullivan's gay porn name. Um, wow. So, um, this is back when Lars had hair, apparently. Um, <sighs> yeah, I mean, and... I've seen old pictures of him. We used to post on the same forum. So, like, all the shit that he used to say, I'm aware of. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, well, I'm aware of what he said, obviously, because it came into light. Uh, months ago, actually, probably what, closer to the beginning of this year, mm. when he took. Okay, so basically yep. everything that he's ever said on the message board, he's like 
completely opposite of that. So like, (laughs) so one anxiety attacks don't exist. They're not real. It's all in your head. He leaves for months, three at least from an anxiety attack when he debuts on Raw. It's just projecting. Hella projecting. He hates gays, gay community, bashes the gay. Well, okay. But he also bashed uh, black people as well. So does he like black people secretly? Does he like have a lot of black friends? Do we know? Who knows, man? Maybe that man's just sitting in his car bumping Tupac before he goes in every day. Yeah, he's, he's like, look, I'm real embarrassed about this guy, so I'm going to talk a lot of shit. Just straight rap on his uh, yeah. MP3 player? I mean, I mean, that's the way it's going right now because now he's literally found – I didn't – I mean, I just saw the little clip that was the beginning of the video, of course, because I'm not going to dive into that. Um Where's your journalistic integrity? No, no not on this. <laughs> no journalistic integrity on this topic here. I saw what I needed to see. That was pretty boring. Yeah, well, um, the very first part was boring, yes, but but the guy filming said everything I needed to hear with the, with his answer, and I'm like, okay, that's good. And the consensus <laughs> the consensus around the wrestling community, especially from the females, was. Um, <laughs> that's the last wrestler I want to see doing porn. Like, so you got two sides of this. You got, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but he, he was a, I guess he was a podcast guy, wrestling journalist, but he works for WWE now. Ryan Satin, Satin, yeah. Satin, is it Satin? Uh, okay, Satin. okay. So this is the main clown that made Sasha Banks cry, but he's now on Twitter saying that we should fucking be the better person against Lars Sullivan after he said all these things. <laughs> the right. Satin's dumbass report about right. her crying backstage that she fucking had to leave over three months because people wouldn't leave her alone about it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay so that's the same okay, person sad. saying yeah that's the same person who made sasha uh, banks break down into tears while she did her little you know the um mm-hmm. you know the the little special the inter- that they did with her the interview yeah yeah. yeah yeah okay so that same guy is now telling us to stop attacking a person that deserves to be attacked and clearly deserves it uh and try to yeah, like there's a okay. there's a bit of a difference between I don't like the way Sasha Banks is booked and this dude said that it's embarrassing to be gay and embarrassing to have anxiety attacks and it's all in your head and he's grossed out. Yeah, uh, and this was three years after that video, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like okay. Yeah, yeah you're I, real grossed I don't out, think, buddy. I actually don't think a lot of people know that uh, the video happened three years before his posts. Yes. To... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... 100% just dealing with his internal shame. I don't Here's really, the thing. Uh, I don't really want to get too far into it, obviously. But my main point when I was thinking about it last night, because I read about all this when I got up and was checking wrestling Twitter to see if there was any last-minute things I wanted to do on the show. Um, and this popped up, of course, so I led with it. Um, the thing with Lars Sullivan now is it's to the point now as me as a wrestling fan and just general person with morals and ethics that I don't even want to watch Raw SmackDown NXT until this guy loses his job. And then on the other hand of it, I have to because of this fucking show basically every week. So it's uh Well, going back to the conversation that we've had before though. <clears throat> I mean, even if even if they did get rid of Lars Sullivan, are you going to get are you going to stop watching WWE because they're still associated with Stone Cold, who beat his fucking wife multiple times? Or are you going to stop watching them because they keep bringing in Hulk Hogan, who said all that racist shit? Like, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. At a certain I understand, point. I understand your point. However, uh, okay, so <laughs> it's, it's, this is like fucking super impossible to measure. But the fact that 
the age that we live in currently is so blown up and everything is out there. Though, though the thing that shocks me the most about Lars Sullivan's situation is one that he had the balls to even say this dumb shit and then do what he did anyway. But to do it in an age where you know it's not going away, someone's going to find it eventually. Mm, and you he still was did it. on his forums in like early two twenty tens. Like it's what's what's the what's the golden rule in the internet, Ryan? That was a long time ago. What's man. the golden rule of the internet? Um, Doesn't matter how many times you press delete. According to a documentary I saw, it's don't fuck with cats. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I've heard that dumb shit. I've heard. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is, but I've I've come across it a few times, and I'm not gonna get into that either because I don't know what the fuck that is. So I'm not gonna pretend to know, and I don't even like cats, so I'm not even gonna go out of my way to. Wow. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Um, but anyway, the last whole thing. The first fucking topic we're already off. All right, so the first. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is just the sheer ignorance of his situation and how he's made it no better since the initial reports have come out about the forum post, of course. Um, he's lit- I don't – there's been no fucking report of any actual uh, steps taken to better the situation backstage with his uh, peers that are black. Or Mexican or anybody, right? I don't, I don't even know what the fuck is going on as far as uh, what happens when he does show up backstage. Does he dress alone? I mean, if they made fucking Miz dress alone for, but that was when JBL and fucking Undertaker was still back there. We don't have that kind of authority back there. By the way, that's one thing I didn't. They didn't get into in the Stone Cold podcast that I wanted them to get into more because Undertaker was the judge or the wrestling the, court shit. Yeah, the wrestling court. Yeah, the kangaroo jack type shit. So I wanted, jack. I wanted them to get into that, but or kangaroo court, my bad, kangaroo court. Um, they never got into that, but he did mention possibly having him on again, and then Undertaker uh, threw in that little slide shot. Uh, yeah, you know I don't do these often, <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't count on it, guy. All right, but uh, so okay, so I'm just gonna give you the floor right quick because you know more about the actual forum posts and shit because you were on it. But I understand what you're saying about I can't really boycott WWE because of this one guy being still hired. But I just feel like his shit that he's done, even worse than Hogan at this point, uh, is I don't know. Mm, is it worse than Hogan? Yeah, I think so. Is it worse than Hogan? Is it not? Uh, I don't know, man. He, well, the, Lars Sullivan wasn't drunk when he was doing all this, right? I mean, that's not part of it either. But, like, the shit that he was saying, it wasn't like... I don't know, man. Also, it's, two different eras where Hogan was in a back, in the locker room where that thing was a lot more allowed than it is now, than 2010. Right, but he wasn't recorded saying it back in that era. He was recorded relatively recently on a but, fucking. But I'm, what I'm saying to you is like it's almost like uh, when your grandparents grow up, but they don't kind of change. It's like a Jim Cornette situation. You get what I'm saying? Like he just never fucking uh, flipped the switch to understand that that's wrong. He was grown up that way, built that way. What the fuck is Lars Sullivan's excuse? Well, the shit that Lars Sullivan was saying, it was never like overtly fucking I hate black people or 
you know, some of the shit that the shit that Hogan was saying was completely different. Uh, Lars Sullivan's posts were like really cringy fucking like alt right type shit. Like, oh, like black people just want to take like take advantage of welfare, like that type of shit. Um, so it's a little bit different. It's not I wouldn't say that it's it's not good. But if I had to compare those two mentalities, like Lars Sullivan's like, oh, black people want to take advantage of welfare and they expect white people to pay for them versus the shit that Hulk Hogan said, like, at least you can correct one of them. The other one, you're just like, goddamn, dude, what's wrong with you? So I don't know, man. Um, as far as the gay people shit that he's supposed to, it was like, um, it was like just making fun of like, closet homosexuals and stuff which is really funny now obviously and then like uh some shit about like um oh i just like making fun of gay people because it's like part of my sense of humor and like stupid shit just stupid like it's the same sort of shit you would find on the the political board on 4chan like it's people that cling on to alt-right shit as a replacement for the personality that they don't have yeah um like, the same people that are like, oh, I love Trump. He just triggers people all the time. Like, dude, he's a fucking idiot, and so are you. Like, that's it. The end. It doesn't take any fucking skill to trigger people. Yeah, I mean... I'm doing just... it right now as we are doing this podcast, actually. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I just did, too, by saying Trump's a fucking idiot, but the man can't string together a coherent sentence, so don't come at me about it. So why don't you go talk to him? Um, people are all mad because... Uh, it was the funniest fucking thing, dude. Obama released his um his like top nine books of 2019 or some shit, and a bunch of fucking people on Twitter were like, "Oh, nobody cares. He's not even president." <laughs> are you mad because yours can't fucking read? No, yours like yours ain't about to be president no more either. So what are you talking about? Your president ain't about to be there. Fucking, uh, fucking oh boy. Uh, but yeah, it's that same sort of mentality. Like that's the that's the type of shit that Lars Sullivan was posting. It was like the same sort of stupid shit that you get from right-wing trolls on Twitter about race and gays and fucking, oh, maybe rape is kind of a gray area. Like, it can be borderline, like, that kind of shit, like, just trying to be fucking edgy. Versus Hulk Hogan, who, in a private conversation, not trying to entertain anybody, was just railing on how much he fucking is so upset that his daughter was fucking a black dude who wasn't a a basketball one. (laughs) So, you know... It's a little bit different to me. I, I think Hulk Hogan's is worse. Um, but maybe that's also because I've been a lot more exposed to the type of dumb shit that Lars Sullivan was saying, having been a moderator on 4chan for so long and then um, <laughs> just posting on the same board that he was on and stuff like that. So if, whatever. If you, are, if you are Vince, Triple H, whatever, whoever, right now, what, what do you do in this situation? Dude... <sighs> That's hard because he's already kind of set a precedent with what he's like. And the, oh, here's the here's the real kicker, by the way. I believe he went to school for psychology. Lars, I have no idea. No, he's supposed to be like he's supposed to be smart. By the way, at least that, oh, I don't know if that story. I don't know if that storyline. I don't know. Hold on. I mean, he ain't smart. Yeah, obviously. Well, neither is Jake Hager, but still. Do they sell him as smart? No, they don't. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, I'm trying to figure out who his... 
It might have took his Wikipedia down because I know a lot of people were fucking with it. Well, the other thing is too, like I don't I've never I never heard of anything about him going to college or having a psychology degree or anything like that outside of fucking WWE yeah, television. It might, yeah, it might have been that then. It might have just been storyline. But uh, even though it still makes WWE looks dumb, by the way. I mean, it's not a good storyline. No, it's not. Uh, fucking Xavier Woods went to school and was getting his PhD. So you got, you got a guy that literally said, like, <laughs> insulting fucking... <laughs> Uh, Look how people smart with, this man is. Uh, insulting people with mental disorders and then trying to pass them off as a fucking uh, yeah. smart psychopath type deal. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, if he had ever actually gotten a degree in psychology that he would understand anxiety disorders a little bit better. Maybe. Um, but not if he's stupid. All right, so. Stupid, that's right. And he's he's not a bright man. All right, let's go. Let's move on. But, yes, I mean, as if I was Vince or Triple H, there's no way you don't let this guy let this guy go. Yeah, you, you don't have to worry about him going anywhere else. So many yeah. Fronts now. yeah, you don't have to worry about. But then you also have to probably get him some help psychologically because you don't want this to turn into a fucking tragedy where he ends up hanging himself either. You want him to have a chance to get his eh. shit right, right? Eh. Oh, you mean if you're them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> how bad would Vince and Triple H look if they released him and then he kills himself two weeks later? Yeah, well, you know, the, that was just all in his own head. Uh, you know, being anxious and sad about anything is really just fake, so he'll be all right. Um, moving on, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Yuji Nagata signed new deals to stay with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and obviously we have a little bit of news on the Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, situation. Hiroshi Tanahashi, as you sent me in an article, said that he should get an AEW, chance against, uh, AEW title chance against Jericho if he beats him at Wrestle Kingdom. Well, apparently Jericho went to Tony Khan, and Tony Khan okayed it, New Japan okayed it. If Hiroshi Tanahashi beats Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom, Hiroshi Tanahashi will get an AEW title shot against Jericho, and obviously we already know that both matches are going to be pretty fucking good, um, despite their age and mobility and past injuries and stuff like that. They're still going to be fucking good. Do you not think Hiroshi Tanahashi? How would you book it? Would you not? Book Tanahashi, Tanahashi loses at Wrestle Kingdom. Nah, period. I don't think. I, I think it. Well, I don't know what New Japan's going to do. They might do it just so they don't have to give Hiroshi Tanahashi a, a fucking match that's not on their court, basically. You know what I'm saying? Because of Tanahashi's past injuries. But if I'm AEW, I absolutely want Tanahashi to win against Jericho and have the title match. So that Jericho can beat Tanahashi for the rubber match. Save, save face 1-1. Both guys win out as far as that goes. Jericho keeps the title and has another title defense under his belt against a fucking big uh, Japanese name in Hiroshi Tanahashi. The biggest yeah. Japanese name. That motherfucker, it, a lot of people don't know this, but... If it weren't for Tanahashi, New Japan probably wouldn't exist right now yeah. because he is the Austin. Most... He is the Austin of when they say that Okada is the Rock or Okada uh, Tanahashi is like Rock Austin. Okada is the Rock. Tanahashi is Austin. He saved Tana... Tanahashi was around post Inoki when New Japan had really just started to shit the bed and brought them back into prominence single handedly. I mean, his knees are so fucked up because he carried that company for. <laughs> 20 years. And it's back, literally. Yeah, no shit. So, yeah, uh, Tanahashi is a big deal, and Jericho having that title defense is obviously a big deal. Um, the thing is, though, I don't think – I don't think <clears> – <throat> I don't think that 
Jericho would have said that and put AW people in a weird position without already knowing the finish was going to be that he's going to win. Do you think they know that far ahead of time in New Japan? Do they? Use- oh yeah, okay. Gato books shit two years out. Got you. Which is why he gets so upset when people leave. Got you. Yeah, no, like G1 is <laughs> next year's G1. I guarantee you is already basically booked. Unless they can get their hands on another big name or whatever. That's why their shit is so much better than WWE's, too. Because they're not just doing shit week to week with no idea where it's going, dropping storylines out of nowhere. I can't remember the last storyline in New Japan that got dropped that wasn't from somebody leaving the company. Like, they meticulously plan out storylines and understand where all of it's going way ahead of time. Not because it wasn't going the way that they wanted to. Like, the Moxley thing was just because he was sick or couldn't get there or some shit, right? Right. He couldn't get there because of the flight. There was a typhoon. Yeah, so they pulled the title from him. They had to drop that, technically. But then they waited, picked their moment, and he came back into the title picture. Right. And uh, really all they did was substitute Archer for Moxley for that storyline. So it wasn't really a big change. Except it also got Lance Archer over, because Mox was most likely going to beat Juice, too. Not only did it get him over, but it also gave him an extra match for Wrestle Kingdom to have right. because of it. Uh, um, the, the, I mean, that's, that's normal for New Japan, too, as far as if somebody can't make an event, they immediately lose the title. So it's not like, you know, it's not like they did it just to get somebody over, like you might see in WWE, where it's like, oh, we're going to have a replacement match. Oh, let's try to use this as an opportunity to... To put this guy up there, and then he's going to lose it next week, and then we're all going to forget he was ever champion. Um. <laughs> well, a lot of people are thinking this could be the – because they think that Jericho and Tanahashi have basically single-handedly um, or could single-handedly broker a deal between AEW and New Japan without those two fucking companies even realizing it. Um, I don't think that either head of either company is that stupid to not understand that that – in some sense, I'm sure Jericho wants that because it adds extra flexibility and extra money yeah. to his. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, from going to no, we're never going to work with him. No, 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 we're pissed at. They're still not. Shit. I know. I get that. But then to have this just thrown out there in the middle, and it's like, it, it, just to see the reaction of the wrestling community in general from a little taste of it, and everybody's losing yeah. their fucking minds. Should that not tip off one of these guys to be like, hey man, maybe we should start talking? Some people hold grudges beyond what makes sense for their bank accounts. Also, you have to understand, New Japan just lost their Access TV deal. I heard. And this would make even on, more sense for them, right? Right. But on the other hand, like that's one thing that's like, okay, maybe they should work with them. But on the working against them is the fact that New Japan just announced not even three months ago. That they're not going into the U.S. Yeah, they're doing their whole New Japan U.S. expansion thing, New Japan of America or whatever yeah, the fuck. I get that, so, but they also said that they're not running in the U.S. in 2020. So how the hell are they going to do that? I have no idea, man. That's I mean, um, You can't have it both ways. You can't run New Japan of America and then not have a show in America. Uh, maybe South America? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, but yeah. it was me the whole time, Austin. Yeah, they just announced New Japan of America, New Japan Pro Wrestling of America on October 21st. So, yeah, two months ago. Like, I I don't know how they're going to – yeah, so phase one, discovering new wrestlers and markets outside Japan, developing talent through the LA Dojo. Phase two, run events in the U.S., including Madison Square Garden in Dallas, um, and with the assistance of other promotions is what it says. 
And then Phase 3 established a company within the U.S. and be ingrained in the everyday fabric when it comes to fans' wrestling consciousness. So that's their three-phase plan. But um, I think when they were saying they weren't going to run anything in 2020, it's because they're, they're expanding Phase 1 of discovering new wrestlers and markets outside Japan and developing talent through the dojo. The way that their Young Lion system works People are typically Young Lions for a while before they actually start being main roster wrestlers in New Japan, and I think that that's a system that they're trying to keep, which is why they're saying, yeah, we're not going to run anything um, We're not going to run anything in 2020. It's because they're trying to build an outside talent pool specifically just for this New Japan of America thing. So it might as well just be a, a new promotion. I'm sure that they'll have some crossover now and then and have somebody go over fucking Suzuki show up or something like that. But so we can we can know. pretty much say that New Japan is like the MLB of wrestling as far as their system goes. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you mean like they have one a farm, they have a, farm league? Yeah, they have, and, they have a farm. Well, now they're trying to do like an actual farm league, but they have like a farm system where yeah. guys stay down there for who knows how long until they get it or whatever until it's their time. But then, of course, you have the occasional stars that you'll bring in, like a Moxley or a Jericho or whatever, just one-offs or storyline-wise or whatever that you'll bring in uh, straight from uh, high school or college that don't even have to go to the minor leagues type deal. But, like, your homegrown talent like, is, like, fucking... Like the, way, the same way WWE works. NXT being their farm league and randomly I, bringing in fucking... Uh, I can't tell you the last time an NXT dude stayed down there for fucking four or five years. I mean, how long are we talking Young Lions Champa? staying down there? Uh, not not usually four to five years. Young Lions, they go on excursion after they've done like a year or two. Um, the way, and they I go wrestle count, for another company. I don't count that long because he's been out with the injury for over a year before mm-hmm. that. And his when he didn't even sign a deal right away. When he was first came in there with the Gargano, they weren't even under contract for a while. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I get. I mean, I get what you're saying, but still, like, well, it's going to be different now because NXT is its own thing, and you're not calling up fucking half the roster every WrestleMania for the night after. So I get it. So it's going to be a little different now. So NXT, technically, you can't even use that comparison anymore anyway with WWE, the way they're doing stuff. Now they're sending people from fucking WWE down to NXT. So it's whatever. But uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on how you were going to book that. I would book Tanahashi wins uh, at Wrestle Kingdom and then have him lose to Jericho, help out both people. But, I mean, I know Jericho doesn't ultimately care because he's getting the money either way. But I feel like to an extent, if he really cares about AEW, which I think he does... He's not going to lose the first match. He defends it in a different promotion. But he's not defending it at Wrestle Kingdom. You know what I mean, though. Like he's defending his. He he is the champion of it. So the it, for okay, for a company to let their main champion lose on another company's show, it's just not going to fucking happen. So I guarantee that there's I, not without bullshit kind of shenanigans and maybe he gets dq'd or something but i i don't see any scenario where the first match that jericho has overseas as aew champion he loses to somebody that doesn't even have a belt right now in new japan no fucking way i mean this isn't just somebody though this is tanahashi i understand that but tanahashi is also older and jericho's older it's like that's yes, why it's like the perfect way to do it is because of because of where they are in their careers and who has what at this time and how many eyes would be on? Let, like, let's see. Uh, 
Well, I, I guess the um, main event is set up to be Moxley versus Jericho at the next pay-per-view, correct? For AEW? Uh, That's the way it's going at the moment. However, yeah, Kenny Omega's feuding with like three different dudes. Like It's like old-school WCW, NWA, where you're feuding with basically the whole roster. Yeah, it, Omega literally has like three stories going on right now, which is awesome. Yeah, and I I like that kind of stuff. But um, well, so he's like going against Pac, he's going against Page, he's going against Moxley. But Moxley's going after Jericho. Jericho's still fucking around with Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Dustin, the Inner Circle versus them or whatever. You know, like there's a lot of shit going on. So Dark Order's fighting all of them. Yeah, so you don't really know what the fuck is uh, gonna play out. At I guess that's what they want. They don't want you to know. Well, I like the I like the crossover happen. stuff. I like it when they do it in WWE. Um, they don't do so it. having don't like do it enough though. They don't. Not even close. Um, which is why it's so like cool when something does happen with a little bit of crossover t- between storylines, but. Yeah, like all of AEW is a crossover between storylines. Yeah, like old NWA where totally fucking Blanchard was going against Dusty and Magnum TA and fucking Road Warriors. I mean, like it's it's that's what it reminds me of. WWE, what they do is they do this dumb shit where if there is a little bit of crossover, somehow magically we got to team these guys up for the next three weeks. Yeah. And now they're a little mini stable that nobody gives a fuck about. Right. How many people have Baron Corbin been fucking latched to the last year? <sighs> Too many. How, you know, how many people have they had Baron Corbin dragged down by fucking taking them out of the main event picture? I was about to say, uh, how many people have Drew McIntyre? How many people have Baron Corbin actually elevated by them being with him? Zero. Bobby Lashley huh. is in the worst storyline in the last decade. Drew uh, McIntyre hasn't been heard Ziggler. of. Rude yeah. and Ziggler. They Ziggler's lost the titles before they even got with them. else now. So. It's just, yeah, I know. But, um,. Yeah, or like when they threw the revival with Corbin for a few weeks and then threw him with fucking Orton and like it's just uh, – sometimes when they do it, obviously it's just thrown together. But like I like it when it's actual crossover. Um, but yeah, AEW is just like 20 – like. <laughs> so you're talking about more crossover like uh, Becky Lynch crossing over into against Charlotte, against Bailey, and then Bailey or Be- Becky versus Charlotte, then Becky versus Asuka, that kind of crossover. That's the kind of shit we want to see. Yeah, or um, or just callbacks to old storylines that still make sense. Like if somebody's getting beaten up and then somebody comes out to, to help them that was their tag team partner in a stable a long time ago but wasn't anymore. Yeah. Like that kind of shit. Like continuity is like, nice. Like what we're hoping with Sheamus and Cesaro, what we discussed last week, type deal. Right. Yeah. Or like anytime Roman Reigns is getting beaten up, it's like, bro, how many people are backstage that have done shit with Roman Reigns who probably don't want to see him get beaten up? Yeah. You're beating on a cancer survivor. Yeah. You're terrible people. You've got no and then friends, right? Everybody really? backstage that's not helping. You're all also terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh Taz is to be the special guest commentator for AEW this week as Tony Schiavone is on assignment with the Georgia Bulldogs for their bowl game. Alright, well let's see if he can get over. <laughs> I wanna see if he takes any shots at Corey Graves. Uh that'd be fucking awesome. And oh, finally, go, go ahead. Fantasy Call 3.0. <laughs> oh, that would be fucking hilarious. That would be so funny. If he, like, took a picture of him and JR and said, uh, oh, my God, that would be great. He should do that. You, you put uh, you put Janella and uh, Chucky e. T on commentary with him, and I guarantee you it will get brought up. <laughs> um, I know. They do not they give do, a fuck. They do nothing but talk shit about yeah. inside oh, they shit. They definitely constantly. know everything. It's fucking great. And I love – I love how they do dark like PWG where they always have the special guests wrestlers come mm-hmm. up and stuff. That's exactly what they did in PWG all the time with uh, Excalibur. 
Um, Chris Statlander is already booked for January 1st with Bar Wrestling, so AEW has made the women's title match a four-way with Riho taking on the second, third, and fourth contenders for the title, and the winner of that will then go against Statlander, I believe, the following week on January 8th for the title. Good move by AEW. Is that a question? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I've seen a lot of people complaining about yes, this. Yes, I like, have oh, too, and it's fucking annoying. Unless you're, make no, 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 unless you're going, like, I, the only people that should be complaining is people that go into the show and really wanted to see Statlander, because that's right. that's what was advertised. So, yes, AEW should have known that she was booked. I don't know if she told them. She's a relatively new hire, so who knows what happened. Maybe she forgot. You never know what could have happened. So, I don't really I mean, blame if... AEW completely. The only people that need to be uh, disappointed are the people that are huge Chris Statlander fans that really want to see that match that are actually going to that show that paid a ticket to that show. And then, if you look at what you're getting instead, it's really not – I mean, it's really not a fall-off, right? I mean, that those four – in a fucking match, you're going to get to see not only that, but then next week you get basically two women's matches, uh, women's title matches in a row after everybody was bitching about how long Riho was off TV because she was in fucking Japan fighting. Right. And don't get me wrong. I, I like Chris. I think she's really good. I think she's going to do really well. I don't think anybody that bought a ticket to AEW when they bought it bought it because – they wanted to go see the Chris Statlander match so bad. And I don't mean that in like a disparaging way. Yeah, I get that, but I, uh, I meant more of it like in you want it because a lot of people are thinking that they're going to shoot her to the moon, which they are kind of doing, which is what they said that they would do in press conferences before well, this they even started. they got to send her back home. But the the point is <laughs> that um, a lot of people <laughs> wanted to be there for the history, basically. Alien. They wanted to see the title change live. Not necessarily yeah. that they wanted to go see a Chris Statlander match, and that was their main reason for going, but just because they could possibly see a title good? change. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I mean, yeah, you're. I'm not saying you're wrong or anything. Like, if there are people that fall into that group of people that bought tickets to AEW expecting to see Chris Statlander, and now they can't, then yes, that's the only group of people that are allowed to be upset by this. But the people that are like. Oh, but now the rankings don't mean anything. And why does Britt Baker get a shot when she just lost? And all this other stupid shit. Like, first of all, you're bitching about rankings in a scripted show. Secondly, this is happening after the fucking ratings rankings reset. Yeah. The rankings reset on the new year. Yep. So even if that is your argument. They're all zero zero in that match. They're all zero. Not only that, but they were all still in the top five before that. Two, th right. two three, and four, actually. So And – you realize that in WWE, the number one contender, ranking-wise, that you want to care about so much, barely ever actually gets the shot? And it's usually two people <laughs> that weren't even in the fucking uh, conversation to begin with. Hey, here's yeah. an idea. You know, how you, get a, you know how you get a title shot in WWE? Your music plays after they beat someone else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and you come challenge him. Or please somebody tell me how Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins deserved their title shot when they got the tag team title shot. Can someone explain to me? Because you didn't have uh, enough teams in the Money in the Bank or whatever the fuck it was, yeah, the ladder yeah. match or whatever the hell it was that they it's wanted so, in. It's so stupid. Like, the people that complain about it, they latch onto the dumbest shit to try and find any... It's, it's the worst. It's it's so transparent what they're doing to you. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, this is what AEW's bad. It's like, you're complaining about stuff that WWE doesn't even try to do. Yeah. And they're WWE fans. Well, WWE would never do this. Yeah, that yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. I want to see, I wanna see the top fucking four... People in a fucking fatal four-way. I don't want to see an elimination chamber match where fucking somehow Chris Masters and Carlito got in, and because you didn't have any other fucking top-name superstars at the time to be in the fucking world title match, so they were just thrown in there, knowing goddamn well they're not gonna win the match. 
spit in the face of people who want to use rankings. Literally, all four of these women could win that match. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably won't. It'll probably still be Rio because that's how you Rio. get out of the four ways and three ways like that anyway. But, uh, but I mean, are we really going to be upset that we get to see Chris Satlander versus Rio, which is a matchup we haven't seen yet next week? Are we going to be or upset about – yeah. Are we going to be upset about – them utilizing their best women's talent all in one match. Yes, these are the same people I, that oh. are bitching about how many women are being used on the show. Now you get yeah. four of them. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to see well, a four way. I don't want to see four ways women. I want to see the person you told me was number one. What? Fucking idiots. And then, and then, who, and then you didn't know who Chris Statlander was three then weeks here's ago. Here's the deal. So here's the deal. They'll have Riho. Uh, they'll have Riho versus Statlander instead, right? This for January first. Let's say that happens, right? Then they go for a fucking twelve, fifteen minute match, and then everybody bitches. Well, where was Britt Baker and <laughs> and and uh, Hikaru Shida? <laughs> They're in your top five, and they weren't even on the show. Fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. Fucking can't stand them. That's AEW and WWE fans. I fucking can't hey, stand both. Speaking of, them. of where are people there? Where the fuck is Yuka Sakazi or Sakazaki rather? The one with the big Aladdin pants. Yeah, she yeah, was the also... magic. Uh, what the fuck they call her? The magic. Yeah, yeah. Well... she was good. I don't know if she. They actually signed her though. I don't think they actually signed her. Yeah, no, I think she's still in uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro. But like, yeah, she was I over. Was I thought she back. was more over than fucking Riho was. She was. Yeah, she was. She also looks super cute when she's sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I like Yuga. She's good. Um, yeah, I wish I would use her more too. Uh. All right, that's it for Stiff Shots. Um, We're going to take a break, and when we get back, we're going to get into the Monster Awards. Oh, also... Can talk about the Randy Orton injury? No, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, Most... The most... Big deal or not? Randy Orton's injured. Anyway, the most underrated stars in WWE history, Mount Rushmore, will be pushed back, by the way, just so we know. Uh, Because the... We got this show, and then, of course, we're going to have the... We're just going to do day one, Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I mean you can't really well, do we, both. I mean, we're going to do both. All right. Well, if if you are allowed, if we're allowed to, if we have the time, we'll do both, and then we'll just like pick the new matches for day two, even though even if we got them wrong, and we'll just keep the records. You know, you know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? I mean, I guess, or we could just do a second one the day after Wrestle Kingdom Night One. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah we'll do that. That way, even though we're even though we get like. The ones wrong that affect the next night, we can still just pick the next nights as is. Yeah, right. yeah, we can do that. Um, okay. Okay, so we'll do that. But when we get back, we're gonna start our Monster Awards 2019. And we're back to the Monster Cast, and it's time for the Monster Awards 2019. We're gonna start it off, uh, Ryan, with Best Male Indie Wrestler. I've got Timothy Thatcher from Evolve, Dragon Lee from CMLL, Tony Deppin, David Starr, and Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, David Starr is an interesting choice. Um, I'm surprised I haven't seen him more places. He's got that really old school kind of look and feel to his to his wrestling, and he can do he could do serious matches and he could do comedy spots too. Like, have you ever watched his match with Orange Cassidy? I've seen clips of all these guys, but I haven't seen uh, the only ones I've seen actual full matches of are Jonathan Gresham, Dragon Lee, and Timothy Thatcher. But I have seen clips of everybody on there. Uh, I believe it was uh, yeah, it was Beyond Wrestling. 
Orange Orange Cassidy and David Starr had like a really good match. They were they were wrestling to be uh, to see who was going to be a number one contender. I um, think I know what you're talking about, actually. That is not only one of Orange Cassidy's best matches because he actually does wrestle yeah. a little bit, but David Starr comes off really good in that match as a heel. Um, I'm almost so yeah, positive I, definitely I know what like you're that talking pick. about. I think I I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, technically that was last year, but yeah, I mean, it's not like he got any worse since. <laughs> yeah, it was very late last year. So, so are you going with David Starr? I, I would, I would say David. I mean, you know what? Dragon Lee probably, no, if, if I'm being objective is, it should, it's gotta be Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee has gotta be the best one on that list. Really not. You don't like zero consideration for Timothy Thatcher at all. Not really. Dragon Lee. So Dragon Lee, he's even for a for an indie wrestler, he's gotten a lot of exposure. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, mean, he's just recently signed with CMLL, didn't he? Yeah, but like even on top of that, he's he's been doing shit pretty recently. I mean, and he's been around. I here's here's the problem I have with this though, like he's clearly the best one, but he's also clearly the best one because he's been doing a ton of shit. Like he's been IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion before. Like he's been around for a while. I don't know if you can really consider him a an indie wrestler. Well, I mean, he's well, he didn't really have anywhere to be signed full time until this year with CMLL at the end of the year. So, I mean, he literally just wrestled Kenny Omega. Like, I get that. That's not my problem. If fucking Jonathan Gresham wrestled, I mean, Jonathan Gresham wrestled fucking uh, Jay Lethal this year too. There's a bit of a Come on, difference man. Come between on, Jay Lethal. Jonathan Gresham's in Ring of Honor. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Evolve, Evolve is pretty well known too. I mean, um, just by comparison to AEW, WWE. I don't know if we can consider NWA at that point yet, but you get what I'm saying. Like you know the the drop off, the viewership, the the contracts. When you know you've made it, these guys are technically indie guys. Doesn't matter how you how you slice it. But yes, I agree. I I'm trying to steer you into a different direction because I also picked Dragon Lee. I just wanted to have somebody different. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, feel I do like, like Jonathan Gresham, by the way. I will throw that out there. I mean, fucking Dragon Lee's literally fighting at Wrestle Kingdom, so like, it's it's weird to, I don't know. Like, I get everybody his, and their mom is fighting at Wrestle Kingdom. That's not true. <laughs> that's it. Fucking true. He's literally 19, in fucking twenty matches. Jushin, he's in Jushin Thunder Liger's fucking retirement match, and we're like, oh yeah, like an indie guy. I don't, I don't know, man. Dragon Lee is the winner. Best male indie wrestler of 2019. Best female <laughs> best female indie wrestler of 2019. We got Kylie Ray, Lufisto, Ruby Rays, and Madison Eagles. Oh, the Ruby Rays pick is biased. Come on. That's not biased. She's done Glad her on the podcast. That's biased. I, I mean, I can have Lufisto on the podcast, too. You never know. Uh... In fact, she told me. She messaged me back. And she said that if I was ever at a show, because her schedule is so busy, that I could do... A podcast with her in person and recorded in person. And now I'm trying to catch one of the shows <laughs> so that I can do the podcast with her. That would be fucking badass. So keep that in mind if you ever see her pop up on a show you can get to. And then you could just do the podcast and totally make me jealous. Mm. Payback for the Ruby Rays thing. Like Breeze did with Batista. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I want to say Kylie Ray because nobody knew who the fuck she was before this year really. Um, this isn't this isn't like breakout star of the year. This is best female indie wrestler of the year. 
Mm, what, are we saying they've had the? Are we saying they've had the best matches? It's best all encompassing, but you, I mean, it's not breakout star of the year. Just because nobody knew her last year doesn't mean anything about this year. It's the best female indie wrestler of 2019. I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with all of their bodies of work to make a to make an objective choice. So that one's well, all... I am, and I'm just gonna go Lufisto because that's pretty much Lufisto every year, and it's a fucking crime that she still has not been signed to a major promotion. Ridiculous. Sorry, Ruby. Ruby will understand. She loves, <laughs> she loves her Lepisto. All right. Uh, you're undecided on that one. All right. So breakout star of the year, Lance Archer from New Japan, Orange Cassidy from AEW, Luchasaurus from AEW, or Keith Lee from NXT? Dude, I I still don't know. I'm the one that messaged you to put Orange Cassidy and Lance Archer on that, and I still don't know who I would say is a bigger breakout star this year because – Lance Archer is somebody that you wouldn't expect at all to to have broken out the way that he did in the G1 after you know leaving KES and um, like starting his like when when I saw Lance Archer was in the G1 I just rolled my fucking eyes I was like all right we got a fucking Tramp Stant Hoyt up here and he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna fucking shit up the G1 with his big man matches but he was probably I it's hard to say that anybody's like one of it's hard to say anybody's like the best in the G1 because it's also many good people. And Ishii's the best every year. Actually, let me just correct that. Ishii's Ishii's always the best. Um, but uh, he, I think he surprised everybody. He's so much bigger now than he ever was in KES, um, or as just like a random random Suzuki Goon fucking like body. So it's hard to like. I get that Orange Cassidy, <clears throat> Orange Cassidy was again relatively unknown before this last year or two or definitely this last year for sure um and he immediately went viral who's this sassy motherfucker <laughs> and like i as i, I got to go with Lance Archer be, just because yeah Lance Archer um i think anybody that was familiar with with Orange Cassidy before knew that he would eventually catch on and be liked by a bunch of people. But breaking out to me is like getting outside of expectations that people had for you already. And I don't think anybody expected Lance Archer to blow the fuck up the way he did. Uh, two, 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 two. I've been praising Lance Archer for years. I don't I mean, know. That's fine, but. So I've, I mean, I kind of feel like Paul Heyman at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm mm. pretty good. I'm pretty good. Now, yes, I agree what you're do saying. You? Yeah, I do actually. I've, I've called Lance Archer, <laughs> Lance Hoyt, besides his run, before his run in WWE, even because his run in WWE was garbage to me, but because they never let him do anything that he was doing in fucking TNA anyway. But when I saw the dude in TNA with Kid Cash all the time, the dude was awesome, and I was like, I, I actually thought WWE would love him and let him do all that stuff because it was so different and because you know they were in love with the big men at that time uh but they didn't let him do shit they, they still let him win matches and no sell everybody and everything but they made him cut his fucking hair and look stupid and uh never went anywhere and then he went to fucking new japan and then he got the titles over and over with uh david hart smith or whatever you want to call him uh davy boy smith um who is now in mlw but uh, I've always been a big Lance Archer fan. Um, does it shock me that he's blown up to this extent after this long? Yes. Does it shock me that people are finally 
seeing what he can do and he's blowing up because of it. No, it's not. It doesn't shock me at all. I actually picked Lance Archer as well after you told me to put him on the list because out of the, all the people on this list, breakout star of the year isn't to me just about breaking out in the fans' eyes, but you actually have to do something. Luchasaurus as and, Lord, and Orange Cassidy have gotten over, but once never had a fucking AEW match, and two, Luchasaurus loses a lot and hasn't done anything. Lance Archer is one. Lance Archer. Cassidy's been in matches. Lance Archer's the only motherfucker on this thing that's won matches and won a title. Yeah. Titles, and Keith Lee hasn't done shit in NXT either, as far as championships. Why'd you put him on the list if he didn't do shit? Because it's breakout star of the year. I'm just telling you why I voted for Lance Archer over them. Yeah, I I, I got to give it to Lance Archer they're too. Like not list. even they're not even not, close. They're still on the list, but yeah, exactly. They're on the list, but they're not even close. I can have fucking three people come to the Heisman fucking ceremony too, but you know who the fuck's winning the Heisman? Yeah. Uh, right. 2019 Most Improved Wrestler: Will Osprey, New Japan Pro Wrestling; Buddy Murphy, WWE; Nick Aldis, NWA; and Adam Page, AEW. So this one. I, I thought about it for a little bit, and I gotta say, it's it's gotta be Paige. And the reason is, Osprey has always been good, so you can't say he's most improved. He's just always been really good. Now, when he was in the G1, he got a chance to show how good he was, but I don't think it was an improvement over his 2018 work or 2017. Like the matches were more compelling because he was against guys like Okada and whatever. But, I mean, you can go all the way back to his matches against Ricochet and say, yeah, this guy, I mean, he was bumping a little bit more then, and he's bigger now and, and doing, he's got like a better moveset and stuff now. But it's not significantly different the way that Paige has kind of gotten a lot better and more compelling in the ring. So I would go with Paige here, and I think uh, Osprey is a, a close second. But if we're going like on exponential improvement I, I would say pages has improved a lot more than osprey's improved but only because osprey is starting from such a high point already uh i'm going in a different direction i'm going buddy murphy okay buddy murphy won the cruiserweight title he bumped it back up to heavyweight motherfucker had awesome matches against obviously alistar black which was the best pay-per-view match of that last one um he also um beat daniel bryan on smackdown cleanly yeah. um and he's just leaps and bounds better from where he's been, and you can see that he's taking his shit seriously, basically. He's the best kept secret. That's what he kept saying. When he was in the tag team with uh, Wesley Blake and Alexa Bliss in NXT, I mean, they were okay, but you never thought he was going to get to this. And right. for him to make that transformation and then for them to actually give him a chance and him run run with it to the point where you beat Daniel Bryan cleanly – who is the champ at the time? And also with the title wins and everything, um, Adam Page hasn't won a fucking title. Uh, Nick Aldis has been champion in and out for the last two years. I can't, yeah, really, but I can't we... really say okay. Nick Aldis has been – I can't really say Nick Aldis has improved any. He's pretty much the same wrestler. Um, yeah. And like you said, Osprey, I mean uh, – I wouldn't say Osprey was already a great wrestler um, maybe in 2018, I guess. I guess if we're improving it from 2018 to 2019, I can see what your point is. Um, but to me, I'm just going to go Buddy Murphy because, I mean, one, I kind of want to be different from you. I understand your Adam Page pick. Obviously, everybody – nobody knew who the fuck Adam Page was last year pretty much. Uh, not casual fans for sure. 
Hell, right. casual fans didn't even know who the fuck Buddy Murphy was <laughs> for that. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Uh, These are all breakout stars as well. Uh, but yeah, most improved for sure, I think, is Buddy Murphy. To me, personally, and I kind of just want to be different with from you at this point, but I would actually pick Buddy Murphy in this category. You have to print double trophies. All right. Um, <laughs> and then finally, before we take our first break in this, or second break technically, in the award show, 2019 Most Improved Female, we have Rhea Ripley from NXT. B. Priestley from AEW, Britt Baker from AEW, and Dana Brooke from WWE. Ooh, I don't like that you threw Dana in there because, you know, it makes me want to pick her. Um, I mean, she's fucking improved, though, just because she has, a guy, has improved see, a lot. See, that's the thing. The improve, you can look at it two different ways. Improved and gotten shots and ran with it or improved and you're still being held down. You get what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, I'm using the Buddy Murphy concept for – yeah, he's won a title. Adam Page hasn't. He's been in WrestleMania, won a match, went to Australia, Saudi Arabia, won the title, uh, beat Daniel Bryan cleanly. Adam Page doesn't really have any of those accolades as far as he gets to the dance and then he loses. But he's still there. Um, How, but are these in kayfabe? Or is it really just about whether or not they've gotten better regardless of booking? Are you, are you saying that Buddy Murphy hasn't gotten better? Not in kayfabe? That's not what I'm saying, but like to consider his title wins is kind of weird. The the ta- I mean the talent of Adam Page was always there though. The wrestling I don't we're talking about the same guy you by the way who said that Adam Page wasn't on your radar at one point. Like you didn't really like him. Yeah, I didn't. I thought he was fucking boring. But he still wrestles the exact same style now. Mm, I don't think so. I do. And I'm I'm fucking almost 100% positive since I watched him in Ring of Honor. He wrestles the exact same style. Well, the thing is, too, when I used to see him, it was mostly like multi-man tag matches in New Japan. Yeah. So it's not like he had like a whole lot of time or, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. Um, As far as the women go, uh, my gut wants to say Dana Brooke. Um, but... How do you not pick Rhea? How do you not yeah, pick that's, Rhea? That's, that's, yeah, that's where my head, like, it's got to be Rhea Ripley. And not just because um, of titles. Like, even if we took titles out of it, from what she was a year ago to now. Built up a whole fucking character and aura and demeanor and changed her, her in-ring style a bit. And, like, and started incorporating more and more, like, power moves and stuff into her set to match her new persona. Yeah, like, because she was trying to do high-flying shit right. as a big girl during the very first Mae Young Classic, I think, or second. Something like that. So go from, she had the long know, blonde hair. Everybody was comparing her to fucking hair, Australian yeah. fucking yeah. And now all of a sudden she's just like had the, yeah, yeah. had the John Cena gear 101 from her from his <laughs> debut. I mean that's pretty much what she went from. She was using, she was using default creator wrestler set number four. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. It's uh, I like Dana a lot. I do think she's improved a lot, but I think objectively it's got to be Ray Ripley. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we get back. We're going to hit you up with the show stealer of the year, 2019 best tag team and best female tag team and best debut slash return of 2019. So listen to this ad and then join us again. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I don't, know. I don't know, man. Stone Cold, help me! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Monster Cast. Thank you for listening to my ad. And we're going to go back into the Monster Awards. We got a lot more to get out. And first up is Show Stealer of the Year. I've got Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania. Moxley versus Omega in an unsanctioned match at Full Gear. 
Cody versus Dustin at Double or Nothing, and Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae surviving War Games. See, that's a okay. So is it really stealing the show if it's on last? What was on last? The Moxley match. But it was unsanctioned. It wasn't really on last. <laughs> so it's not even it, on the show. Yeah. But it, but it still <laughs> stole the show. <laughs> Did it not steal the show? That's what everybody was talking about the day after. That's a show stealer. Yeah. Wasn't Kingston and Daniel Bryan the last match on that no, card too? No, it was not. Nice try, though. What was the last match on that card? I don't remember because I fell asleep because it was at WrestleMania. Daniel Bryan oh. and Kofi Kingston was not the last match, I assure you. Okay. And uh, Dustin and Cody was. Mm, was it? There's no way they had another match with all that blood in the ring. I think they did. You think so? I yeah. am pretty sure. Double or nothing. Look it up. I'm almost uh, positive it wasn't the main event. Was it? You might be right, actually. I don't know. I don't. Th I don't see why it would be though. Double or nothing. Oh no! It was. It wasn't. It wasn't even the second to last match. It was fucking. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then. Uh, so none of these were the last match. But Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae, that wasn't the last match either because. Well, the men's, no, Moxley the women's and Omega was definitely the last match. Yes, I get that, but it okay. wasn't. Man, you shit. <laughs> no, you Look, started it, bitch. You started it when it happened. You started it when it happened, and you, that was your... Uh, Turn it back on, so this isn't the same card anymore. That was your argument when motherfuckers were bitching Everyone that the title in this match wasn't all last. Alright, anyway, it wasn't the last match. The last match was Jericho. Uh, Alright, so what was the show stealer of the year for you? You've seen um, all of them, right? I, I, I mean, you gotta go with, with Cody and Dustin. Like... The that match, it, it was so emotionally draining for the audience that it became hard to care about a Young Bucks Lucha Brothers match afterward. Yeah. How often can you say, I, yeah, you know, I'm just not really this Young Bucks Lucha Brothers match after that one. Like, that's 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 pretty crazy. Um, I mean, I so think it I think it. Um, encompassed all of what AEW was trying to be or become for their fans. That match right there, and I think that's exactly what we're. I think, think that's what they're working towards as far as all these stories, these long-term stories that they're trying to tell and stuff. Technically, that was a long-term story. It wasn't just in AEW. That was a story being built from WWE and their childhood and all this other stuff. Um, they had to start because they didn't have time to build. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but it's still that's like their first. That was like their first real story. Like as soon as they brought Dustin in, they went straight with it. They said, "Fuck, let's not fuck around. Let's do this." And right. they killed it. They had the sweet moment afterwards that everybody fucking remembers. It was just fucking crazy. Just fucking crazy. Kind of really the start. I think really the start of Cody's catapult too, right? Yeah, Cody. I mean, you can make an argument for Cody as breakout of the year too. Yeah, that's true. That's actually true. That man, he gets bigger pops than fucking anybody. He gets the road every time he comes pop. out. Like we said last week, he gets the road warrior pop. Bigger, I think he gets the biggest pop out of anybody on either promotion. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't think of anybody on WWE that comes out and gets the same reaction. Not, not right away like that. Nope, mm -hmm. not a chance. Even when Daniel Bryan back, brought back the Yes Movement, they took. Well, I mean, obviously they took a while because he has to start doing the Yes chants. But, but like when his music hit, they didn't just fucking go nuts. Like. Like, they don't even do that really for Becky anymore at this point. Like, the shit compared to Cody's is just... Speaking of Cody's music, just a quick aside from this award show real quick. Are you are you as equally annoyed by that there's more than one royal family in wrestling shit in his opening? No. Because, like, who the fuck ever said that? 
Like, there's many royal families. You got the fucking, like, the Von Eriks. <laughs> like, you, you, I mean, I know, I get what he's saying, but, like, you've got the Flares now, and then you've got, you know, the Von Eriks, and, like, oh, there's a bunch of fucking families. So that's, I don't know, that's just a weird thing to throw in there. I don't know if that was a veiled shot at what the McMahons were trying to do with Flair and Flair, or if that was a veiled shot at the McMahons for being the McMahons. I mean, regardless, we already know there's more than one just because of those two. Yeah. So having a music thing, the thing at the beginning of your music that says, oh yeah, there's more than one royal Like, we know. Nobody ever said there was only one. I didn't mind it at, like, the very first time he played it. Or even the time with the throne, with the throne being of the throne. But, like, yeah. eventually I thought they were going to take it out, and they haven't. It's not like you can ever hear it anyway because of the pop. Right. <laughs> not, not now, anyway. Um, so it doesn't really bother me that much. But I still think he has the best theme song, one of the best theme songs in wrestling right now. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go Cody and Dustin as well, actually. Because that match, as just me watching it on my fucking tablet, emotionally drained me. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no joke. It trained me in 16-bit. Dude, no joke. Is, <laughs> is du- Double or Nothing is when Moxley came back, right? Uh, Yeah, so... Um, so it was the Young Bucks after, and Lucha after Bros. The, after the Jericho Omega match, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Jericho and Paige, I thought. No, Jericho and Omega? Double, Double or Nothing was Jericho Omega. Hmm. Yes. The winner, yeah, you're right, because Omega played, fucked him. I mean, because uh, he fucked up, uh, he fucked up uh, Omega, too. So, yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, double or nothing. So, double or nothing, let me tell you how much that shit emotionally drained me. I got through the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros match, right? Barely. I had to watch the the main event the next day because mm. I was tired as fuck. And it wasn't because the show was too long, which is a fucking asinine thing to be bitching about, by the way. Unless you're fucking on for eight hours like fucking WrestleMania. Don't WrestleMania, bitch to me. Yeah. Don't bitch to me about how long the show is. Like, fuck right. you, man. All right. So, Not to mention, I paid $50 for it. Yeah. Let it be a long show. Exactly. And you think the people – oh, the people in attendance must really be fucking tired. Fuck you. Even if they were fucking tired, they ain't complaining about it. If I yeah. paid fucking that much money to go see a live show, I'm not trying to see a fucking two-hour show and then go home. That's why I like what they do with fucking AEW Dark. Not only because the motherfuckers split it up into two – uh, shows that I can e- uh, easily digest as a fan at home, but if I go to a show, I know I'm watching both of those shows in one sitting and getting three hours instead of a one-hour show over here or a two-hour show over here. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, people bitch about the dumbest shit. I don't get it at all. Not to mention, nobody would, uh... I mean, nobody would ever buy... I, okay, I wouldn't say nobody ever, but nobody that I know or that I can think of would ever buy a ticket to AEW Dark if it was a standalone show. See, I had this argument – I mean not this specific argument, but the first person I told you I was arguing with on Twitter about my tweet that's blowing up, uh, they said that a lot of people don't view AEW Dark as the same as AEW Dynamite, and I do. I view it as equal. One, because it is equal. They do it at the exact same time. There's no difference in the it fucking production. It counts just as much. It counts just as much. And I have fucking Kenny Omega on a couple of AEW dark shows. Have we ever seen Seth Rollins on a fucking WWE main event show? No. It's it's definitely the fucking same. It's a lot more equal than fucking SmackDown I, and Raw to WWE main event. So I think of it more like Nitro and Thunder. I don't. Mm. I think SmackDown Raw to main event is Nitro to Thunder. You think so? Yeah. Thunder, Thunder wasn't that bad, man. Thunder was fucking awful. 
You had a bunch of thunder no, had... was awful. But to use your comparison, Can like you name oh, one Seth Rollins ever go to main event? Yeah, there was a DDP match on Thunder that's like super famous. A DDP match on Thunder. You know how long Thunder went? Like two years. Yeah. Can you name how how many AEW dark matches can you name that was good? Like yeah, but that's way more recent. Doesn't matter. Don't matter. If they're good matches, they stick out. I can tell you fucking five off the top of my head. AEW dark. Dude. Okay, but here no. Back to your point though. You're like, oh, Seth Rollins doesn't show up on main event, so it's not like a it's not equal or like comparable. So on Thunder. Just a very quick search because I was trying to remember what fucking match it was. I, this still isn't one of the ones I was talking about. But you had Nash versus DDP on Thunder. You had Sting versus DDP on Thunder. You had Ric Flair and DD, DDP doing a fucking tag team match on Thunder. So, like, you had big stars over there. Um, how many, so were, how many of those were the first episode or first within the first month of Thunder? Just a just Nash one. And did, so, they, did they actually end with a fucking actual finish or was it bullshit? I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't even remember the match, though. Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying you can't say that it's the same as main event. What's not the same as main event? Thunder? I'm just saying in comparison, too. Yes, I can. I can definitely say it's a lot more closer to that than it is AEW Dark and AEW Dynamite. I think Dark is closer to Thunder than than Dark is closer to fucking main event. No, No, I think AEW Dark and AEW Dynamite is closer to Raw and SmackDown, if that's how you want to go. Currently, <clears throat> it's the same fucking thing, man. It's yeah, just one an hour long. I, I think of it. I think of it as like a slightly lesser sister show. I don't think of it as equal. Um, I go out of my way to watch it. I have to watch it. If it was a sister show, I, I don't. I, I I have I've never had a desire to go out of my way to watch a main event. I never had a desire to go watch Thunder. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I'm just saying, like, I I don't I don't think of it as the same show. Or an equal show. Because uh, a lot of the stuff they put on Dark, it seems to me like they're, uh, it's like testing certain pairings or like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't have the same feel to me, but whatever. I mean, it's fine. I don't care. It's not really that important. I, I'm just, when I, when I watch Dark, I don't think I'm watching like Dynamite Hour 3. I, I'm very aware that it's a different and slightly lesser booked show. So. Well, I mean, it was never intended to be Dynamite Hour 3 because they don't want their fucking Dynamite Hour 3 to be spoiled either. But I get what you're saying, right. I guess. I'm, I don't know. I mean, technically it's AW Dynamite Hour 1. Sometimes they'll have one yeah. match that happens after, but still. I try to stay off the fucking social media for those parts anyway because I don't want it ruined for me. Because like I said, I actually look forward to AW Dark. That's the only drawback from it. Yeah. I really huh. wish that they're... <laughs> I really wish that they would have a fucking just another show, but I mean, I get why they can't. One, it's way too much money, and two, it's only an hour long, so it's not worth it. But uh, Isn't Thunder only an hour long? Our, uh, Thunder was two hours, I believe. Was it? Yeah. It's a long ass time ago. Man. Uh, 2019 best tag team of the year: Lucha Bros, AEW slash AAA, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish in NXT, The Revival in WWE, and Proud and Powerful in AEW. Oh, you got to give this to the Lucha Brothers, man. Like, no question. Now, the only one that's really even close to me is O'Reilly and Fish, and that's just because they've had the titles for... Yeah. Ever, but, yes, I agree. Lucha Brothers. I, I mean, technically, if you think about it, the Young Bucks haven't really done anything this year in 2019. 
Well, that's because they're booking themselves not to do it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't say it was their fault. I'm just saying they're not. You can't consider them the best tag team if they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, 2019 best female tag team of the year: the Kabuki Warriors in WWE, Bailey and that's Sasha it. in WWE, the only one. cheerleader Melissa and Mercedes Martinez and <laughs> Shimmer, and Queen's Quest in Stardom, which is Wannabe and Utami. Yeah, you know, it's, you already know. It's got to be the Kabuki Warriors. Like, there's, there's, there's no other tag team that's is. That has been as interesting or compelling and as good in the ring. Um, and a, a lot of people are like, "Oh, Sasha and Bailey are good," but okay, they are. They're good. Um, are they a good tag team? Are they interesting? Is it interesting for me to watch them tease their fucking breakup for the millionth time? Like, no, it's not. As I, female I tag team, they only had the titles for what a month and a half. Month, and then they and lost, they lost it to Iconic. Okay. I, why are the Iconics not in this list? They're not on the list. Iconics is my choice. No. Uh, Kabuki Warriors, where you had Asuka fucking defeat Becky. I mean, I understand it's a tag team uh, yeah. thing, but Asuka beat Becky at Royal Rumble. Then Kyrie beat Shayna Baszler for the NXT women's title. Now, a lot of people don't remember that, apparently. And then they get put together with Paige, and they lose a couple times for the titles, but they keep winning all the other matches, and then eventually they win the titles, and haven't looked back since, and now... Seemingly beating the shit out of everybody. And now they got the yep. green mist and everything. Got finally got one song. Got the that heel turn on page. Yeah. Uh, yep. And finally, before we take our last break, um, actually, no, I want to do two more. Let me see. Best female tag team. I'm gonna do three more, and then we'll take our last break and get into the big stuff. Uh, best. Male, I mean, best debut return of 2019. Finn Balor comes back home to NXT. The Fiend debuts in WWE. Moxley debuts in AEW. Or Hiromu Takahashi returns to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Damn, dude, we're not even going to put Roman Reigns on there? No. Uh, that was a pretty good fucking return. Didn't Daniel Bryan come back this year? Was it this year? I'm pretty sure it was this year. Well, he won the title very fast if it was this year because he had already had the world title this I'm fairly confident it was really early this year. Let's see. Because there's no way it can't be that. In-ring return. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. See, everything that's popping up is the fucking... No, he was medically cleared in 2018. Yeah, see, I was thinking. Yeah, first time after being medically cleared to wrestle again was in fucking March 2018. So no, I was about to say, I didn't think he won the world title that fast. They had to to give him some tests and shit. Remember, after every match, they had to get get an impact test. So they weren't just going to let him run with the fucking title as soon as he got back. It's still weird that Roman Reigns ain't on that list. We We didn't ever know when that motherfucker was coming back. I guess. I mean, he's... we didn't even know if he was coming back, man. That's that was a pretty big deal. I, I mean, I don't know that it would be my top one or anything, but it's it's gotta be up there. I don't know. I'm leaning towards Moxley or Hiromu. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking Moxley too, but still, I, I would I would have Roman Reigns on the nomination list at least. Um, but yeah, probably Moxley. Uh, Moxley was a. I mean, that just added so much instant credibility and interest to AEW. Um, 
Plus, he had already like the thing with Moxley was when he did the a uh, the NJPW shit with Juice, like you just thought that's where he was gonna be. The end. It's like oh, he went over to New Japan. Done. But then he shows up in AEW too, so it was it was pretty crazy. I I, I would I'd have to go with Moxley. I'm going to go Moxley as well because it uh, impacted me as a fan more. Hiromu Takahashi obviously um, was a big deal, but I don't know how big of a deal it was in wrestling for even New Japan because I'm not as close to it as you are. How big of a deal would you say that was when he came back? It It's about as big as Brian coming back. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, it was the same sort of injury. It was a like, serious neck thing. Um, he was he was widely regarded as one of the best junior heavyweights and has been for a really long time. Um, and his character is, like, really loved because he's just he's just a weird guy. Like, he's super fucking weird and brings out a stuffed cat that he talks to named Daryl. And, like, he's just got – he's like a he's, – he's, he's strange, but, like, in a very endearing way. So when he got injured, a bunch of people were super fucking bummed out about it. And then nobody knew when he was going to come back or if he was going to be able to. So uh, him coming back is – I would say it's equivalent to, to Brian coming back. I don't know, man. Daniel Bryan was so over when he had to stop. It was bad. Yeah, but Hiromu was over too. But not Daniel Bryan over. I mean that's not really a fair comparison. Nor did he accomplish the things that Daniel Bryan did. At that time, uh, I mean, and? again, they're, they're not even <laughs> really? in the same. Yeah, I get that, but I'm just saying you're saying it's compared to you're... Daniel Bryan. Now I'm saying that Daniel Bryan is. I mean, before he got injured, he was. Uh, I know he won best of the Super Juniors, and then he was also. Um, I had he had the Junior Heavyweight IWGP title twice, so it's not like he was, you know, just some fucking dude on the roster. Like he was. I'm not saying he was a major I mean, compared to Daniel Bryan. He's a dude on the roster. See, it's hard to – okay, so New Japan, the way that they set up shit with their junior heavyweights versus their heavyweights, though, it's not really easy to make a one-to-one comparison that way. If, if if the junior heavyweight division was a standalone org, he would have been – yeah, I would say that he was at the same level as Daniel Bryan within the context of just the junior heavyweights. But within the context of WWE, Daniel Bryan is a junior heavyweight that is fucking taking on heavyweights and winning. They don't, they don't split it up like that, though, except for 205 Live. But New Japan, there's a there's a bigger difference between being a junior and being a, a heavy. Like it's a big deal that Osprey decided to to move up to heavy. Like it's a it's not like a kind of throwaway thing that they do for fucking main event, you know? I get that, but Daniel Bryan also beat Triple H and then fucking beat Randy Orton and Batista in the same night at WrestleMania, and he was mm-hmm. already the he was the, also the Intercontinental Champion when he tried to come back the first time. Yes, you're still missing it though. So New Japan doesn't have that. New Japan doesn't have like a. There's not much crossover between the two divisions. It's not like this guy's small, this guy's big, and it's a big deal that he beat him, and that's what Daniel Bryan. Well, I'm not. Even, I mean, there's with like that a argument, distinct with that, delineation between the two. I get groups that, but with the Japan. last argument that I just stated wasn't about weight. It was just about who he defeated and where he defeated him, and for what he defeated them for. Yes, but what I'm saying and is New Japan doesn't in, book that way. He was the most over thing in WWE since Austin at that point. Yeah, New Japan just doesn't book that way. So within the context of just the the, the junior heavyweight division, yes, Hiromu was as over as you can be in the junior heavyweight division. 
did he did he go beat fucking Tanahashi and Okada in one night? And then I'm just saying he's not as over. He like, wasn't. No. As, my main point was he wasn't as over as Daniel Bryan. Is what I'm saying. Again, within the context of the junior heavyweight division, I would say that he was. If you if you separate them out, which you kind of have to do mentally if you watch New Japan, into two different, basically two different promotions with occasional crossover. Um, like Osprey's at the top right now. Osprey is super over. He's you know. Um, he's he's the top of that division, but he also is moving up, so he's never going to wrestle Junior Heavy again after he drops it to to Hiromu at Wrestle Kingdom. So um, I don't know, man. It's it's not you can't really make a one to one comparison that so way. So is their Junior Heavyweight division not based off of weight? No, it is. But so why Osprey's couldn't gotten, he come back? Osprey's gotten bigger. I understand that, but why couldn't he get smaller? He can get smaller I, because there's no reason to like he just he wants to wrestle at heavy no reason to if they don't fucking do what he wants them to do with him when he gets to heavy don't think they're going to i have no idea what they're going to do but i would love to see an osprey versus okada match and i believe we've seen that even though you just said that yeah, there was minimal crossover huh yeah but that, that was the g1 that's different okay so that's different all right so that you got best of the ju- super juniors do you but, want me to explain every fucking so they got the, nuance i'm just saying they got japanese wrestling they have it, right now they got but the yes, nuance different. it's not a nuance it's just dumb because if you got as best of the super juniors over here and then you would still put them in the g1 which makes no sense the g1 should just be straight heavyweights it's because osprey wants to move to heavy like that was part of yeah, the storyline because you want to do it doesn't mean you have done it yet so there's no reason for you to have been in there he has though he wrestles heavy now. He's just still the IWGP. This is the whole reason that they're having the Wrestle Kingdom match. It's very clearly to drop the title to Hiromu. So if he was already heavy, then how did he drop back down to junior heavyweight to drop the title to he's, Hiromu? He's had it for so long. Shouldn't they just strip him from it for being too heavy to have it? No, that's not how that works. Uh, that's, that's how they fucking stripped uh, Moxley from fucking not being able to make a fucking flight over. That's a lot different. It's not, also, that's not Osprey's, different. Okay. Osprey's had the fucking title since pre-G1. I don't then care how long like, he's had it. If That's not based off of weight. Listen, he was the champion going into the G1. He said, I want to wrestle it heavy. Put me in the G1. They put him in the G1. He did okay. Like, this is all part of Osprey's story in New Japan right now. I get that, but the the story so, should have ended at with his super junior heavyweight, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, uh, junior heavyweight title, when he became too big to hold it anymore. Make it sense. makes perfect but, sense. If you're too, if you weigh in too heavy, too heavy in the UFC fight, you can still fight, but you ain't fucking fighting for that title. And that's only if Dana fucking White allows it, of course. What was the last one I just did? Anyway, what was the last one I just did? Oh, the debut. Yeah, debut return. Yeah. Okay, so 2019 best match of the year. Uh, Osprey versus Okada, G1, Day 7. <laughs> Tanahashi versus Omega, WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom 13. Uh, Gargano versus Cole, TakeOver New York. Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks, All Out. Mm. Tyler Bate versus Walter, NXT, TakeOver Cardiff. Wow. You got Bate versus Walter on there, but not Dunn versus Walter? No. Ty- I, did you watch the Tyler Bate match? That was way better than the yeah. Pete Dunn match. Mm. Um, also, I, I was very pissed up. off when Pete Dunn lost, so no. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Makes sense. Tyler Bates, that makes more sense. It does. Tyler Bate, having... Tyler Bate is... I, I wasn't that... being sarcastic. I said that makes more sense than not having it on the there. Tyler Bate, I actually upset. think the Tyler Bate match was better, though. All right. Um, I don't think either one of them would be my pick for the best one, not with, not with Okada Osprey and Tanahashi Omega on there. 
Um, given that, given by the okay. way, in case anybody doesn't know, the Lucha Bros Young Bucks All Out match was the ladder match. Yes, okay. it was that ridiculous fucking ladder match, which awesome. I mean that in a good way. Um, man, that's a that's a tough choice. So I I'm not gonna I don't think okay. <laughs> Here's no. Here's what I'm thinking right now, though. So, like, right, let me ask you a question about the G1 Day Seven Osprey versus Okada match. Is this not the match where Osprey chopped the fuck out of him? Osprey chopped the fuck out of everybody and got chopped the fuck out of through no, the entire no, tournament. I'm just saying. The, the, <laughs> trust me, you would yeah, know what I'm talking I'm about. The Okada yes, chop yeah, is no fucking really joke. loud. Yes. Yes. Um, the one that sounded like a goddamn gunshot. Yes. 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 Um. Okay. As far as in ring work alone, not counting impact that it had going forward or anything like that. I would say that of those, the best match was Okada Osprey. But I mean, that's what I mean. Technically, that's what we're saying because I mean, if we were talking about everything that encompassed it around it, I could easily put Cody and Dustin back on there. Yeah, I wouldn't. So I would say because long term impact and everything that went behind it and into it. And the fallout afterward, I would say that the the match of the year would be Omega Tanahashi easily. But as far as purely in-ring work and who had the best wrestling match, it would be Okada Osprey. And why do you say that about the Omega Tanahashi match when neither one of them have done anything since that match, pretty much? Well, the okay, so that set off a, a long chain of events that... If you follow it like the butterfly effect, yeah. that's the only reason that Jay White is in fucking Bullet Club and is wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom. Because Omega, for, lost, because Omega left. Because Omega left, right. So now are you and saying then, that Omega only left because he lost that match? No, Omega was booked to lose that match when he otherwise probably wouldn't have been because he was leaving to AEW. Okay. Um, what they ended up doing, and you can kind of tell, is they just slotted Jay White into the storylines that they were doing for the next four or five months. That was supposed for, to be Omega. Or Omega, yeah. yes. Um, and even if you look at like the way that the G1 played out and stuff like that, if you put Omega in that spot instead and you have this build to Omega and Ibushi, Ibushi potentially yeah. wrestling each other for both titles at the same time at Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, that's Insane. it's very clear yeah. that this was booked far in advance for Omega. So... That's why they were like, oh, we got to get Jay White into the fucking now, Bullet Club. are you under the assumption that Obushi is winning both titles? I know we're doing, See, I know we're doing our picks later, but I'm not, you don't have to pick. But are you under the assumption that's the way that they were going to go with the Omega thing? Or do you think it's changed any since Omega left and they slotted them with Jay White instead? Um, It's hard to say because... I feel like a lot of people that have um, their opinions on who's coming out with these two titles are very steadfast, but there's a lot of different people saying different shit, too. Yeah, I mean, it's because they all make sense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, like, not Even Naito yeah. uh, makes sense because, you know, his whole fucking story of always getting yeah. up there and never fucking getting it or whatever. A, a lot of people want to see Naito win. Um, a lot of people want to see Ibushi win. A lot of people expect Okada to win. And then I've, a lot I've of people seen, know that Gato is a dick and might just give him to Jay White. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm being, I've seen fucking people put on Twitter, if Okada wins, we riot type shit. Here's, well, here's the thing. Okada is by far the best wrestler in the world. Not, I mean, you can make an argument for Osprey, maybe, but as far as consistency for the last several years, 
and being at the top for the last several years and never having a bad match for the last several years, Okada is unquestionably you you cannot argue that he's not at least in consideration. Okay, for that so title. I get that, and I will throw out another name out there, which you're probably just going to dismiss right away. But as far as over the last whatever years, you don't, just said don't say Seth Rollins no, at me fuck right now. No, I was going to say I was actually going to say <laughs> I was actually going to say AJ Styles. But the reason I wouldn't okay. put AJ Styles over Okada is because he doesn't have the number of high profile matches as Okada does. Pretty much every Okada single match is the main event. You get what I'm saying? Like AJ Styles doesn't have that, obviously. But as far as, like, never having a bad match and always having a fucking title or always being in a contention for a title, I could put AJ Styles in that conversation with him. I mean, yeah, you basically – I would put AJ Styles in the top five. I don't think you could argue that he's the best wrestler in the world. I mean, I, I could think argue, could it, argue but that I, I, I mean, I could argue I think... it, but I don't – I'm not even going to believe that he's number one. But he, he's in – if, well, he, if you're in the conversation, that means somebody can make an argument for you. Uh, you can make an argument for top five. I don't think you. Could, I don't think anybody could reasonably say that AJ Styles is the. He's far and away the best wrestler in WWE. Yeah, and look at the people he has to wrestle in WWE. They're way worse than the guys in New Japan. And he can still get good matches out of them. But imagine if, if he was staying in New Japan. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta look at. You can look at it from. It's like baseball. You can use any stat I want to make my argument for me. All right. So moving on right. from back to what we were talking about. That would be a though. crazy fucking discussion, by the way. That would take up a two-hour fucking. Yeah, podcast, that's right, so. that's why. But <laughs> um, I mean, we kind of got into that when we were talking about Seth Rollins not being top ten. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. But um, even, yeah, so not even top fifteen at this point. So the thing is, Okada, you could you could comfortably put both titles on him and have him as the first ever double champion, because nobody's going to question whether or not he is credible. Yeah. As the first double champion, um, people would question whether or not Jay White is credible, and whether or not it was just kind murder, of a fuck they would you to Kenny. Jay White on, on, well, on, I mean, he don't care, but on social media, the fans oh, and shit would shit. Jay White is an amazing wrestler. Would, don't get but me they wrong. They would shit all over that. You know it. They would shit all over it for two reasons. One, because having the first double champion in New Japan history be a, a gaijin. Guy? Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a huge fucking problem for their like historical lineage and all that stuff going forward. It, it's so you don't think that, so would, you don't think it would be amazing if, heel if, heat for Jay if White. If Omega was but, in that spot and he won it, you think he would get the same shit? Because I don't. I do. Actually, mm, I don't see. I don't. Uh, I don't see that. I would. I wouldn't be complaining, but I think that Japanese fans of New Japan would complain. Yeah, I mean, I think the Japanese fans of New Japan love Omega when he was there. They no, they really like Gaijin, but there's a there's a difference between having like a historical precedent like that, like the first double champion ever in your org be somebody that wasn't Japanese. Okay. Let me throw um, a scenario. I mean, that's let me, why. Was such, <laughs> let me throw a scenario. That's why it was such a big deal when the when when uh, the first Gaijin to win the G1. Like that was that was a huge. Deal, but even that took decades to build up to. You know what I mean? Like I don't, yeah, I, I don't see them putting it on. Or if if it was Kenny, I think they would have given it to Abushi. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think so too. Uh, so they can continue that storyline between the Golden Lovers, of course. Right. Yeah, no joke. They would definitely do that, and it's probably what he was gonna do in the first place. That's why I asked you if you still thought Abushi would win even with Omega out of the picture and Jay White in his spot. Because I think I, I think if Omega was there, Ibushi is winning both titles at the end of the night, and I think he fights Omega at night two for the titles. Yeah, uh, I, I would see that too. Um, the the way I see it going now is a little bit different. I don't think Jay White makes it to the championship match of night two. Um, but if it was Omega, yeah, absolutely, that would be building toward Ibushi Omega for both titles and having Ibushi win. 
made, makes the most sense um, as far as they – the reason they were so hesitant to push Ibushi so much is because he was never – he, he was never tied down to a contract with them. Like he was always constantly like, Oh, I, I, but I don't want to sign anything. I want to go wrestle other places and stuff like that. And then they finally locked him into like a really long contract. So I think it, it, they'd feel safer about putting it on him now. Um, and it would make sense with the Omega storyline. Okada doesn't need it to stay credible. Um, and Naito, God, I always feel so bad for Naito, dude. Like it is, it, it's been Naito's time so many times <laughs> that now it's not his time anymore. Yeah. Pretty much, uh, it's passed you by technically. I mean, you could still yeah. win later on, but nobody's going to really care as much because when you were hot and you didn't do it, it's kind of like a Ziggler effect type deal. He's still super like Naito's. I, I Naito's one of the most over people in Japan, but but nobody takes um, him credibly as a chance to actually win it now because he's lost it so many times. He had. Yeah, I mean, what was it? What year was it? We looked this up one time when he was. We really thought he was going to finally win the shit, and he still lost. And everybody like was three like, years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who was it against, though? Was it against Okada? It was Okada, yeah. yeah that's what I thought. All right, and... Okada's been on a fucking reign of terror. Yeah, but that was before <laughs> Okada dropped it to Omega instead, and then everybody was yes. like, fucking Naito, what the fuck? Like, what happened? Right. Yeah, okay. All right, so uh, we're going to move on because we're getting too much into the other show. Um, I'm going to go... Uh, so I assume that you're going Tanahashi Omega then? Yes. I will go Tanahashi. Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks at All Out. You know me, I'm always... I'm fucking... I was a huge ECW guy. I'm a mark for tag team ladder matches. I'm a, I'm a mark for fucking weapons being used in crazy-ass ways in general. Like, I loved ECW. I love uh, the TLC matches, all that stuff. The early ones, of course. Anyway, not this last pay-per-view. Um, and uh, Blue Chip Bros and Young Bucks was almost almost like a modern version of a throwback of one of those kind of matches. Is what I felt like. Yeah, yeah it was fucking awesome. Um, and, of course, I saw it live. That helped. Um I was big into the whole start of AEW. I bought all the merchandise. I still am trying to buy some stuff now. I'm just like a AEW fucking mark, basically. Is basically what the best way to describe me. Um, fan. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan boy. I'm not a fanboy, but uh, <laughs> all right. And before we take our final break, we're gonna go 2019 best female match of the year. We got Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks in the WWE Hell in a Cell. Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley WWE NXT when Ripley won the title, not when she got obliterated. Uh, Riho versus Nyla Rose. Oh, we don't talk about that. Yeah, never happened. Voldemort. Riho versus Nyla Rose AEW Dynamite debut episode for the title, determining who was gonna be the first champion, obviously. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, and. Yo Shirai versus Candice LeRae, NXT TakeOver Toronto. Hmm. You know, the... God damn it. It's hard not to pick the WrestleMania match, but I, I legitimately thought the Banks and, and Becky Hell in a Cell match was better. Just as far as in-ring work and, and build and drama and storytelling and Sasha not winning, which was my favorite part. Um... <laughs> You really, you really didn't want her to win. You don't like I her. I don't like Sasha. Don't like her? I don't really like her that much either. Honestly, I, I just don't find her that credible in the ring, and like I don't like her expressions and stuff. Um, please don't cry, Sasha. I'm not trying to bully you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I like I like some of her matches. I mean, we've like, been, we've been over it before. I just, like I just don't like the way she treats fans and stuff on the outside. But then again, you've been on our side on that part of it. So yeah, the airport shit. No, I'm totally with her on that. Um, no, I just uh, – this is 100% about her in-ring work. I'm sure she's fine. Like, outside the ring. 
Um, but uh, and it's not like she's a bad wrestler either. I mean, compare her to anybody else in in that company, and she's you know she's probably like top seven, um, top five maybe. But I just I don't know. I, I never find her very compelling in the ring. It's not it's nothing that she's doing like. I don't say it's anything she's doing wrong. It's just my personal. I'm just not that into her. Um, so yeah, I'd probably. But I, that being said, still, I, I think I would pick the. Um, I think I would pick the the Becky Banks match from Hell in a Cell. I'm taking Becky Charlotte Ronda from WrestleMania. It was historical, obviously, on many levels. Uh, I know a lot of people shit on the fact that Charlotte was in the match, but Charlotte had to be in the match. Let's be real. Um, mm-hmm. Did she? Yes, Rousey and fucking Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch was not going to be able to main event that shit by themselves. There ain't no way. You had to get away. You uh, had to get away out for Rousey to lose. You had to, especially if you want to bring her back at some point. I mean, I guess Charlotte was also. I could make an argument that Charlotte was more over than Ronda Rousey. Not maybe not in a good way, but. She, was, she had to have a heel in there. Ronda Rousey had only recently turned heel for that match um, because she wasn't getting the reaction that she... I, thought, I was actually surprised that she didn't turn heel way before that. Uh, Becky Lynch won, of course, which is what everybody wanted. I don't feel like that's held up very much. Um, didn't age well, as they say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as far as on this list... Significance and all that other stuff. I I don't see how I can't. I mean, I really wish it was earlier in the show. I mean, I get why it's the main event, or maybe I just wish the show was shorter. Obviously, because it was a fucking eight-hour show. But by the time you get to it, it's like really. But really, in a vacuum, if you just watch the match, it's a really good fucking match. Yeah. So, I think they get shit on for stupid reasons. Um, Yosha Rye versus Candice LeRae was good as fuck too, but of course there was really nothing on the line or anything on that. Dude, I had. Somebody on Twitter yesterday said Io Shirai is overrated. Mm. I, wish she, I wish they would have. I should wish she would have kicked them in the face with the ladder. All right, uh, last break. And when we get back, we got one, two, three, four left. We're gonna do MVP of wrestling coming up on the other side of this break. But first, I have to tell you guys about this sweet website called Sleeves.com. Sleeves designs and produces custom compression gear everything from arm and leg sleeves to headbands bandanas t-shirts and jerseys sleeves carries over 200 different designs for everyone from kids to adults and now it just got even better because you can use the promo code monster 40 that's monster 40 without the vowels m-n-s-t-r-40 you'll get 40 percent off your order so go to sleeves.com that's s-l-e-e-f-s.com for your active wear accessories now and use my promo code MNSTR40 for 40% off your order now and get in your game. And we're back to the Monster Awards. We have our final four awards to give out. These are the big ones. 2019 MVP of Wrestling Male Category, Chris Jericho of AEW, AJ Styles of WWE, Kofi Kingston of WWE, Adam Cole of NXT, and Okada of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, we're both going Jericho on this, right? I actually, yes, went Jericho. Yeah, and it's not... <laughs> Is it really... This year? No question, Jericho. Like, 
brought legitimacy to an entirely new company right out of the gate. Uh, uh, can we that, has been well, fucking it's killing a, it. It's not a new company, on, but I guess we could technically say that same sort of accolade to Adam Cole as well. The way they pushed, well, I mean, but the only thing with Adam Cole is, even though he's had the title the entire time and been in the best stable of all time, as far as NXT goes, um, and got the wins, it was too late in the year for him to be considered for this list. Uh, I mean, for early Survivor Series, November, uh, yeah, he had a hot streak, but can we really say he was the MVP of wrestling? He was the MVP not, of NXT, maybe. Yeah, for sure. But not. But which is why he's on the list, but not and, wrestling. And Okada was the MVP of New Japan. And, and I can say AJ was the MVP of one show, and Kofi was the MVP of the other. The motherfucker <laughs> had the goddamn title for how long? Right. So, I mean... 200-something days, so, right? I mean, that's why they're on the list, but the MVP of wrestling, Jericho. Jericho. Yeah. Jericho every year for the rest of his fucking life. Um, that man <laughs> continually takes nothing and turns it into gold every time he's on the microphone. He's got compelling matches every time like so, sometimes he's you know there's a couple sequences he'll phone in or whatever but the man's almost 50 years old give him a fucking break and, and there's no back that... and forth between japan and fucking the u.s so, right i mean he's tired <laughs> and he's still got a band by the way yeah releasing I mean, new there's, music there's there's no question it's got to be jericho it's got to be jericho mvp of the world mvp g-o-a-t mvp um uh, 2019 female mvp of the year, Becky Lynch, WWE, Riho, AEW, Shayna Baszler, NXT, and Bailey WWE. Wow. No Ripley mention at all. That last couple months wasn't enough for you, eh? No, it wasn't enough for Cole. Same it's not going to be enough. Yeah, fuck yeah. no, it's not going to be enough for me. Um, I mean, you got to go Lynch. Yeah. Like, I mean, technically, no, I, mean, no you use the, I can use the same argument against Riho that I just used against why Ripley wasn't on there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have... Um, Becky Lynch too. Even though I'm, I'm not a huge Becky Lynch fan, believe it or not. I mean, I like her. I just think she's. If we're talking about anybody that's overrated, Yo Shirai hater out there. Uh, <laughs> she's a Shirai is a better wrestler than fucking Becky Lynch. I hate to break it. Shirai too. is a better wrestler than Becky Lynch, but Shirai's a better wrestler. I also than... love. Uh, she also has more facial expressions than Becky Lynch as well. I love Shirai's facial expressions, boy. That shit is fucking hilarious. Boy, how many? She gave like a hundred facial expressions when she saw Riho. In NXT. Yeah. It was fucking great. I mean, not Riho, but uh, Kyrie Sane. Yeah. She, uh, she's got more facial expressions than other women wrestlers have moves. Yeah, that's um, She has more moves. <laughs> <laughs> she has more moves than other fucking women have facial expressions. Facial expressions, yep. <laughs> no, Shirai's great. Um, definitely a better wrestler, but as far as who is who has been dominant and consistently good and booked well... And Over. had compelling like storylines and matches and stuff. And it's Lynch. Um, final two. We got best pay per view of 2019. Uh, so I picked one from each. Uh, DDT coming to America. Uh, NWA into the fire. Their only one. Um, mm. AEW double or nothing. NXT takeover New York. Oof. WWE WrestleMania. Or New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 13. Damn. Yeah, this is hmm. the hardest one of the whole That's, thing. That is, that is extremely hard. Um, fuck. If I had to think about it from the point of view of, like, which one I enjoyed watching the most, like, which one was my my favorite to... Yeah, top to bottom. Overall, best pay-per-view. Fuck, man, that's hard. 
Yeah, I mean, it's got to be for me, and you know, I'll, you know how I am. It's it's got to be the Wrestle Kingdom thirteen or or Double or Nothing, and it's ah fuck man. You know, I'm I'm top to bottom. See, the the problem with New Japan cards is that top to bottom, they in, they intentionally build their card to where you've got like the multi-man tags and stuff like the filler stuff down at the bottom and they build up to the really big good matches. So if you took it as like a whole card, God damn it. I mean, Double or Nothing was so good. I, I, I have Double or Nothing, that's my pick, but I want you to take a quick look up of TakeOver New York and don't sleep on that show. <clears throat> if you remember I mean, which one it was. I remember some of it. Let's see. The quantity, of course, of NXT pay-per-view yeah. holds it back, but the quality of that show, I believe it's the one with Riddle and Velveteen Dream. Yeah, and it's the the one with... Gargano and Cole. Right, but it's also the one with fucking Dunn and Walter. Yes, but I mean, Which I'm... <laughs> the match is still good though. Like, I hate the outcome, but the match was still awesome. It just wasn't better than Tyler. Bunch Bates of beat done fanboys. Yeah, that's like four that. fucking matches right there that were four five star matches. Yeah, and then uh, Black and Ricochet lost. Yeah, to the War Raiders, but that match was fucking insane too. No, yeah, no, I'm just saying that they built up that whole fucking. I thing thought they with were the... gonna win. Yeah, yeah, I thought they were gonna win the shit. Um, the whole fucking card was insane. I could have gone without Jackson Riker versus Danny Burch. That wasn't on there. That was a fucking <laughs> pre-show or dark match or some shit. That yeah, was not on the main card. It was. Um, yeah. Damn, that was really good, too. And every match was a title match on the main card. Um, shit. Nah, I mean, I still got to go. I still got to go double or nothing. I... I'd... Yeah, I mean, this takeover card's really good, but... Just the the amount of shit that was at uh, Double or Nothing, and then the the last three matches alone, just plus the fallout from ha- the it catapulted Paige into the title picture with the the Battle Royal. Even though the Battle Royal kind of sucked, like until he got in there. But technically, the Battle Royal wasn't part of the show. It was on uh, the pre-show, show, yeah, with Sabian and Guevara too. Um, yeah, man, I. I think I got a good double or nothing. I mean, you you had the the Cody Dustin match, you had the Young Bucks Lucha Brothers match, you had Jericho versus fucking Omega with Moxley coming in after the match to set up shit for the future. Like, there's there's no way you can't pick that. Well, I picked it. I'm just saying. Yeah, I was just saying, I, don't I, sleep on the takeover because no, nobody was mentioning NXT, and I was like, that takeover was fucking insane. Yeah, but a 30 minute fucking Omega Jericho match with. The recently released John Moxley coming in at the end to lay out both of them. That's that's crazy. Yeah, and not only to lay out Jericho, which is what people expected when they saw him, because everybody knew he was going to get cheered, but then to turn on Omega and do what he did to Omega, and it was like, oh shit, we're going to get yeah, to see Moxley that, that, versus yeah. Omega off yeah. the stack of chips and everything. Yeah, yeah that was great. Yeah, I got to go double or nothing. Wrestle Kingdom and Takeover, I would say, are both really close seconds. Uh, I have Double or Nothing as the winner of this year as well. Final category. Uh, dedicated to my grandma, of course. Oh, me, my goodness, moment of 2019. We've got Mia Yim pushed off the, the ladder. ladder. 
by oh. Kaylee Ray through another ladder to the outside after getting busted open by Yoshirai with said ladder. <laughs> that, cool. Yeah, that yeah. ladder caused those two ladders caused uh, Mia Yim a lot of damage that night. We got um, Tommaso Ciampa, uh, Ciampa. Uh, jumping off the top of the War Games cage with Adam Cole with a Celtic cross through two tables. We've got the Canadian Destroyer by Pentagon Jr. to Matt Jackson off a ladder through a table at All Out. And finally, lesser to a lesser degree, but still crazy when I saw it, Andrade Sunset Flip Powerbomb off a ladder to Finn Balor onto another ladder at Money in the Bank when Finn Balor fucking bounced up so high I thought he was going to break his fucking neck <laughs> on the way back down. So we got some good ones for this one, but uh, what's your Oh Me My Goodness moment of 2019? Damn. Like, my initial gut reaction was to say the Mia Yim one, but I think it's just because it was more recent than uh, some of the other ones. Um, and man, that 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 Young Buck spot was really crazy yeah, to you. That's what I picked. I think, yeah, I it's it got to be that one. It's got to be that one, because the Mia Yim stuff was, was partly a accidental. Yeah. As far as the, like, it, how bad it that was. That made it worse. Yeah, I mean, I mean so, well, it made the moment better, but it made it. I mean, right. I feel still feel bad that she got fucked up, but it made yeah. the moment better. It's still mind-boggling that they did not run with that like they did with Becky Lynch, but whatever. Uh, but yes, uh, the only two that would even come close is Champa because that shit was insane. Because he just jumped, he didn't even look back or nothing. Yeah, like I, what the fuck? Like that could have gone way wrong. And of course, he protected Cole really well. Very well, it's very snug, tight fit. I get all that, but that don't matter if you don't land in the correct no, space. No, I, I don't know. And <laughs> it's still a crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy bump. Uh, um, yeah, but I go with I go with the Canadian destroyer yeah, by this, Pentagon yeah. as well. Fucking was... insane. I like and in general, I don't really like the Canadian destroyer. It's it always looks fake to me. Um, I've always loved it. P.D. Williams, thank you for bringing that move. Thank you. I love that move. <laughs> I think it's getting used too much now, but P.D. Williams, I still. Thank you. When so I watch I love that fucking shit. Ricky Morton do a Canadian Destroyer, I'm just like, all right. Yeah, we know. Cool. We know. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that. But, uh, Ricky Morton. Um, when I watch Britt Breaker try to do it, I'm like, oh. All right, so, fuck <laughs> you. All right, so, uh, all right, so fucking awesome awards. We agreed on a lot more than I thought we would, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Just some differences in the, the Japanese fanboy and the... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I mean, fanboy. So, I mean, but what we're doing, I mean, we're making the picks for the big uh, New Japan show, and that is the one show a year. I literally go out of my way to make sure I watch live, so I'll be right there with you. That's be awesome. It would be fucking really cool if we could do a fucking. Uh... You want to just go to Japan, bro? No, I don't. Um, Dude, you know the tickets for that are only like eighty-five bucks American. What the fuck? Why the fuck are their clothes like fucking two hundred then for Americans? <laughs> well, that's a vat. Holy shipping. shit! I want a awesome. I want a new Japan tracksuit so fucking bad, and I am not paying that much money for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking insane. Like the what the young uh, lions wear. You know what I'm talking about on the outside? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I want yeah. one. They sell them, but I am not paying that much for them. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> you telling me I can go to two fucking Wrestle Kingdom shows back to back and fucking? Or is it one ticket for both nights? Or are you paying for both nights? Or are you like two? Uh, separate no, you buy, you buy them separately. Okay, but still. I could go yeah. to two both nights for cheaper than I could get a fucking New Japan tracksuit. Yeah, that's fucking but you, nuts. But look, part of that is like VAT and customs and like shipping and all that shit. Yeah, I like, get all that, man. I get that, but still, fucking eighty something dollars. Motherfuckers paying a lot more than that to get to WrestleMania from other countries. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the other part too. Like, you have to pay 
like fifteen hundred fucking dollars to you know get there, which is a whole different thing. But yeah, it's uh the um like second floor standing B whatever. It's only five thousand yen. That's insane. A fucking tracksuit costs two hundred goddamn dollars. I can go see both Wrestle Kingdom nights for one sixty. That's crazy it, shit. You, no, you can you can see it for less than that because, like I just said, the second floor. Oh, well, yeah. Fi, okay, so five thousand yen is only forty five bucks. Um, but that's like second floor or whatever. The tickets that I was looking at because I was thinking about going were the first floor standing, and those were uh, ten thousand yen, so well, about ninety bucks. Well, here, here's the deal: if you ever want to actually go to Japan, and I'm going with you, I'll go. To go watch uh, New Japan Wrestle Kingdom. That would be badass. But uh, I'm not going by I, myself or with somebody that doesn't know, you know, what the fuck's going on, shit like that. Like, you know, you're smart enough to know, like, what's, like, what's something good to do, what's nothing. So I don't, I'm not trying to get in fucking trouble, you know what I'm saying? Where like, not to get stabbed. Yeah, exactly. Like, that stuff, no. like, knowing what doesn't uh, offend people, you know, stuff like that. Like, like I'd rather go with you or my... Uh, friend adric he has a cousin that actually is stationed in japan and he just came over for like a month to visit um so i'd probably ask him some stuff too but yeah i would definitely go with you i don't want to go by myself or with somebody that doesn't know has never stepped foot in fucking japan before so yeah but yeah i would totally do it that'd be fucking awesome yeah the it's the flight over there that costs the most though man yeah. that shit's like 1800 bucks on well, how a good long day. does it take to get to japan like as what, what how how long is the flight i don't know um okay or how many stops would we have to make? Well, you would have more because you live 14 hours away from me now. Yeah. I think I have to get on two planes just to get to you. <laughs> right. Uh, 19 hours for the longer one, uh, 16 hours for the shorter one. Actually, you know, it's only 1,300 uh, later this month. Is that, for the, is that for the 16 or for the 19? Oh, uh, it's for both. Oh, okay. Same price for both. Well, similar, yeah. yeah. So on United, it's 13, 1,300. No, no, for me for, to take the three less hours uh, for a little bit of extra money. Just bring a lasagna, eat yeah. it in the plane. Um, <laughs> I think they feed you on long ones. Yeah, no, um, they definitely feed you on long ones. I mean, the, I I go to Canada sometimes, and it's only a few hour flight, so yeah. we get fucking pretzels. Yep. Um, Been there. I mean, even when I go to California, I don't get shit. Been there. I've gotten a I've gotten a like a sprite or some shit, and a little thing of peanuts or pretzels. Yep, <laughs> I've done that to Canada. Yep. Yeah. Like really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like which one do you want? And it's the little uh little. Uh, yeah, smaller than vending machine the, shit. Biscotti yeah. cracker yeah. or fucking uh, little tiny bag of pretzels. Like, I don't want either of these. What the fuck it's just going to make me hungry. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and this one little cracker, definitely going to have, I'm going to need more Sprite than this motherfucker. Yeah. Or they, I'll get coffee and they're just handing me these nasty ass, like, sweet and low packs. Like, first of all, I want a Splenda. Secondly, I have no room to stir this. Like, my elbows are all up on the next dude. Shoulders are too wide for this shit. It's almost like they think they were rodents, the way they feed yeah. and, and water us or whatever up in there. Like, like, God damn. Despite all my raccoon. rage. Despite all my rage, Billy Corgan. Um, okay, so good show. Thank you for joining us for the Monster Wars 2019. We will be back uh, tomorrow to pick the first. I just got another like on my tweet, man. My tweet is blowing up, but I just got a few morons out there that want to try to argue about dumb shit. I'm gonna need to call the enforcer, Ryan Anderson. Come on oh, in. Oh, speaking of, did you see the? Uh... Yes, he signed. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. Uh, officially, Ryan Anderson signed with AEW. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. but yeah, and uh, so anyway, thank you for joining us for the award show. We're gonna be back tomorrow with another show for the very first night 
of Wrestle Kingdom predictions, and then we'll wait till the first night is over. What, is, what day is it on this year? The 4th? It's the 4th and 5th, yeah. Okay, so after the 4th, the f- oh, how the fuck are we going to do that, though? What is the 4th? What is that on? The 4th is know. on a Saturday. Um. Oh, man, how are we going to do that? Because the time is way different here. How are we going to get our picks in before the 5th happens? Um. Well, I mean, to us, it'll be like... The 3rd and 4th? I just no. I mean, like we'll have a. <laughs> That's not how time works at all. Yeah. Um. I just I now, did some flash shit, some flashpoint paradox. If, if you run at the speed of light in a circle around the Earth, um, no, we'll man, we'll figure it out. Right. Um, there's plenty of time after the first night to do a quick show and upload it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just saying because, I mean, it'll be fine. I'll we'll figure it out. Fuck it. I'll call out if I have to. I don't give a fuck. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm calling out for Wrestle Kingdom. I, I, what the dude, fuck is Wrestle Kingdom? Dude, I've, I think I called out one year for Wrestle Kingdom when it was on the first. Wasn't it on the first one year? Yeah. Dude, all the time. So what I uh, – during G1, uh, because I end up staying up so late to watch it, sometimes I don't sleep. And then it will be like 8, 9 in the morning. I'm like, fuck, i got to work in a few hours. I just call out of work. <laughs> I didn't sleep last night, bro. I was watching G1. I can't. I can't work. Yeah. Which is stupid fuck because I work from home, so I really don't have an excuse but whatever. Okay, fall asleep waiting around on a call. I don't take calls. Oh, okay. <clears throat> All right. I'm a project manager. Come on. Um. Anyway, so uh, me and the project manager appreciate you guys joining us. <laughs> uh, we will be back tomorrow morning. Check out our show for the Wrestle Kingdom Night One, Wrestle Kingdom 14 Night One predictions. Sure to be wrong. Hope you enjoyed the award show here on the Monster Cast. <laughs>